In November, the State Assembly held a hearing to consider the impact of extreme weather events on the state's property and casualty insurance markets, which has become a growing concern as a result of more frequent and more disastrous weather events in recent year that inform the availability and cost of certain insurance products. For more on the issue, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room studio by Brad Lashett, Director of Government Affairs for the Professional Insurance Agents of New York. Welcome to the show, Brad. Thank you for having me. So what are the types of insurance products impacted by extreme weather? Homeowners insurance seems like an obvious one to me, but I have to imagine there are others. Uh, Absolutely. Homeowners is probably the most obvious one, but pretty much any insurance is going to be impacted by the weather, flood in particular for auto, commercial insurance as well. Businesses are going to be prone to wind and rain just like property or homeowners are. So uh, they're going to be impacted as well. We mentioned in that answer, water, wind. What about snow? Is that something that can constitute an extreme weather event that impacts uh, insurance? Uh, certainly extreme cold and, and extreme snow is going to lead to insurance costs. You know, anything that's going to lead to a loss is going to lead to premium spikes, I'll say. Well, yeah. How has the proliferation of extreme weather events impacted the uh, availability and cost of insurance products in recent years? So I'll say there's a lot of different factors driving cost and availability. Extreme weather is just one of those drivers, but it certainly is one of the main drivers. And it has impacted cost and availability. I'll say cost more right now than availability. I think we still have a good availability um, in the PNC market, the property and casualty market. Um, but certainly costs are increasing, and we're seri- seeing that uh, this year probably more extreme than I've seen it in, in the past maybe decade. And is it just the case that if there are more severe events or they are impacting more New Yorkers, that that just means higher levels of risk? And if there's higher levels of risk, that cost of that risk needs to be born by someone, and eventually that trickles down to the consumer? Absolutely. So ultimately, what insurance is, it's a transfer of risk, right? A policyholder is transferring risk to an insurance company. In return, they're paying a premium to the insurance company. So the more risk that, a let's say, a homeowner wants to transfer to their insurance company, the more premium they're going to pay. The less risk they want to transfer, the less premium they want to pay. So the higher the risk, again, the, the higher the cost. So as we're seeing you know, more events of st- extreme weather, those risks are increasing, so thereby the costs are increasing. So then the question becomes, well, how can we address those, right? What are the issues that we can do to try to bring those costs, those risks down? Well, are we at a point with some insurance products or in certain parts of the state where raising the costs doesn't even begin to cover all of the risks and insurance companies are actually limiting the types of products that they'll actually offer? Yes. So I'll say that there's availability issues, particularly in coastal areas, that's Mm -hmm. very difficult to insure. The closer you are to the water, the harder it is to insure. And to a certain extent, you know, there needs to be uh, like, I guess, maybe systemic change there in terms of the way that we think about the way that we live. You know, if you were going to live right next to the water, there's an inherent risk to that that needs to be borne by somebody. So there is that aspect. But again, I think here we still have availability generally. Um, A good way to track that is there's a um, what's called the New York Fair Plan. So if somebody can't get insurance in, in like the regular market or it's not out there, they can go into this fair plan, which is basically an insurance market of last resort. They take everybody. So it's kind of a good metric of if they can't get it out there, they go here. 
the numbers as of, I think, last year were about 60% less than they were 10 years ago, back in you know, 2009 or whatever. So we're in a good place. Even, and I expect that number will probably increase going forward a little bit. But we're not in a, you know, an emergency situation right now with our availability. Well, you mentioned the idea of people living near coastal areas being at more of a risk, say, for flooding and other damage. And thus, if you move away from that area, you eliminate that risk. Are there other things the state can do in the short term to mitigate the risk of extreme weather to make insurance products more attractive when it comes to cost? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I think the solution here is there's multi-pronged. And there's definitely a role for for governments at basically all the levels. And a lot of it is infrastructure. Mm. Our infrastructure is outdated. A good metric is uh, New York City. Uh, Their Office of Emergency Management um, tracks, you know, extreme weather events. And they say extreme rain is anytime 1.74 inches of rain falls in Central Park in an hour. Uh, during Hurricane Irene, which was a couple of years ago, that the number was 3.15, if I remember, during that hour. So it almost doubled what the storm sewers could um, handle in New York City. The New York storm sewers are coded for about 1.74 hours uh, for, of rainfall. So anything, access to that, it's going somewhere else. Most likely in somebody, somebody's basement or, you know, whatever. Uh, so Im- improving the infrastructure in terms of our drain pipes, absolutely critical. Another thing that can be happened with at the state level um, and also with partnership with, with private is what we call green infrastructure. So that's kind of stuff that's man-made, also natural things that can be kind of woven into the natural topography of a city. Things like green roofs, so roofs with gardens on top of them that are taking that rainwater and either it's going into the soil or it's being collected by basins or something like that. Um, there's also rain basins. They look like curbs. You wouldn't even know they're there, and the water kind of goes under, and it just sits. So all those kinds of things can be woven in, and, and they're actually being used in New York City right now. So you know, expanding those out would be hugely helpful, um, you know, taking that rainwater elsewhere. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining us. So we're talking with Brad Lashett, Director of Government Affairs for Professional Insurance Agents of New York, and we're discussing the impact of extreme weather events on the state's property and casualty insurance markets. We often hear in New York when it comes to businesses that the uh, regulatory burdens that are placed on businesses contribute to costs. Are there regulations that you'd love to see the state roll back, reduce, change that could potentially make products less expensive as well? There are absolutely steps that, that the state could take to lessen the cost. I think a lot of it comes down to things like tort reform. Not to get too big picture, but you know that is a huge driver of insurance costs. Um, you know, the, the cost for for defense, which is borne by the insurance company, oftentimes exceeds what the payment is on on a final settlement. So that numbers have to get go somewhere. That premium dollars, it's premium dollars that go down to the policyholder, right? So having tort reform would be a huge, huge saver, along with making it easier to implement insurance products that might fit unique circumstances. So if a person is putting in specific like mitigation into their home to you know, lessen the, the risk of a flood or improve their roof so it's resistant to extreme wind, allowing insurance products to accommodate that. Because New York's insurance market does not operate in a vacuum, especially when I think about something like the reinsurance industry that insurance companies turn to to limit their liability, 
are we impacted when it comes to costs by extreme weather events outside of New York? Do uh, the added risks, say, that reinsurers take on in other parts of the country or elsewhere in the world ultimately impact uh, the costs that are borne by New York insurers and then New York consumers? Absolutely. It's like the butterfly effect, right? So just to back up, reinsurance is basically the insurance that insurance companies buy for themselves. And those players are global. And those prices are set by what's happening globally. So butterfly flaps its wings in Japan and it creates a tornado in Moscow and that's going to impact, you know, uh, insurance. I'm not sure that's how tornadoes happen, but we'll go with it for this. I'm pretty sure that's right. I don't know. And then, then, you know, that's going to impact, you know, premiums in Westchester. Okay. Um, so because the reinsurance costs go up. And those are, that's another driver of premiums right now. Are there any misconceptions about insurance policies to be utilized, say, following a disaster like an extreme weather event? Do you think consumers actually know what's in their policies? And if they don't, is that on them or is that on the insurers? So that's a great question. And consumer education, I think, is a huge piece of this, of, of basic what is in my policy? Um, does your homeowner's policy cover flooding events? I'm going to ask you. I, yeah, I hope so. Uh, it does not, actually. Darn. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, and people are really surprised by that. So a, a standard homeowner's policy covers water damage, right? So if you had a burst pipe in your home, something like that, you know, floods the house, and then you have to replace everything, that's a covered event. But if that's, that, that flood was from a storm surge, from rain, whatever it is, that's different. That's a different flooding event. It's not covered under your homeowner's policy. You would actually need a flood insurance policy for that. And that's sold almost exclusively by the federal government, by the National Flood Insurance Program. For the most part, insurance is run on the state level, mm-hmm. but this is kind of one of the rare instances where the federal government has gotten involved. And it's because the insurance companies, private insurance companies, said, we're not interested in flood. They got out about 100 years ago, honestly, um, after a series of floods. I think it was in the Midwest. The federal government has basically been in the flood game since, either through disaster aid or through the uh, creation of the National Flood Insurance Program, the NFIP, in 1968, I think it was. So that's where you get flood insurance. Most people don't realize that, and you're not even required to get flood insurance. And if you have a mortgage, you're required to get flood insurance. If you don't have a mortgage, it's not a requirement. If you're not in a high-risk flood zone, it's not a requirement. Uh, those flood zone maps, by the way, are set by the NFIP and are horribly outdated. Most of them haven't been updated in you know, 30, 40 years. And they only look backward, too. So, you know, we're not, we kind of need to look forward, too, to see what's coming because things are getting more extreme. If we just use the past, it, we might be missing something. Well, sticking with that idea of New Yorkers, uh, radio hosts included, not really understanding their policies or what coverage they have. What about that issue of anti-concurrent cause provisions and policies, which can result in losses not being covered if they're the product of covered and excluded causes? Is that something where we just need to have more awareness, there needs to be more dialogue, or do those provisions not have a, a role in the future? Should that area of insurance policy be reformed? Yeah, great question. I think it's definitely an area of dialogue, right? Uh, I, I don't want to speak for insurance companies and what they need and what they don't need to provide the products that they do in the state, right? But it certainly does strike a consumer odd to think that, you know, if my home was damaged by wind and, you know, rain that wasn't covered my policy, that I wouldn't have coverage at all, right? I think that people would assume that they do have coverage. So there's a disconnect there. So there probably needs to be some sort of dialogue so that we can, you know, 
close that that disconnect, close that kind of gap, um, whether that's increased education, whether that's some restrictions on those clauses, some combination of the both. Um, I think negotiation is usually a good idea. Well, finally, what are your thoughts on the Department of Financial Services, the state agency responsible for overseeing the insurance products in New York? For example, do you feel like they have the right touch when it comes to balancing all of the uh, different interests uh, here? Uh, for everybody who works at DFS, I love you all. Thank you so much for everything you do for me and for PIA and its members. Uh, to your question, I think the DFS, uh, the Department of Financial Services, has a tough job, right? They need to balance the interest of the New York consumers with insurance companies to make sure that there is a vibrant market. We don't want a situation where we don't have anybody writing insurance in New York because that's just a crazy situation. But we also want to make sure that there's proper protections in place for consumers. As we talked about, there's a lack of understanding with insurance. So if you know all the safeguards are gone, that's not a good thing. So I think there are those balancing interests. Now, I think sometimes that the department can be more cautious when it comes to consumers. And I think that's probably the right approach, right? Because ultimately, that's a real harm. You know, the increasing of premiums is hurting somebody's bottom line. Um, so I, th I tend to agree with going a cautious approach there. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this conversation. We've been speaking with Brad Lashett. They're the Director of Government Affairs, the Professional Insurance Agents of New York. Brad, thanks for visiting us in the studio. Thank you so much. This is great. Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.